You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 124. Today's reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Brethren, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength. But with the temptation will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. In the verses that precede today's reading, Paul gives examples from the Old Testament and then goes on with the opening verse from today that reads, quote, Brethren, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Would you comment on this, Father, and explain St. Paul's instruction here? Yeah, absolutely. The context here is both important and, I believe, interesting. And to begin with, then, let's point out or remind our audience that in this first epistle to the Corinthians, from which you read today, Paul is speaking to Gentile Christians. So, in other words, the audience uh, is people who are not Jewish, had not grown up hearing the stories of the scriptural God. Rather, these were people who, through Paul's teaching and preaching, had converted to the biblical faith. And why is that important to highlight here at the beginning? Because you read from chapter 10, verses 12 through 13, and at the beginning of this section, at the beginning of chapter 10, in verse 1, Paul tells these Gentiles, quote, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, end quote. And what I want to stress here is the fact that Paul refers to, quote, our fathers, meaning the biblical patriarchs and the biblical Jewish leaders. Okay, so I think why that's significant is the fact that Paul is referring to these biblical figures as the fathers of these Corinthian Gentiles, even though they're not biologically related, whereas Paul's fellow Jews would have a biological relationship to these uh, ancient biblical ancestors, but the Corinthians clearly did not. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Even though there was no biological relationship, Paul still refers to these biblical characters as the fathers of the Gentile Corinthians. And the reason for that is that Paul is bringing these Gentile Corinthians into the biblical narrative, so to speak. He's ensuring that they understand that they, along with all human beings, fall within the purview of Scripture. So Paul is essentially telling them this biblical story, what we today call the Old Testament, is not just a story for or of the Jews. It's a story of all humanity, including you Gentiles. And of course, that also applies to us, and it's why Christians still read the Old Testament and why we understand it as part of our story, part of our narrative, part of our own family history, so to speak. Good, good. That's a great explanation, Father. Thank you. Now, having established this connection between the scriptural story and the biblical figures and the Gentile Corinthian Christians, how does Paul use that to get us to the verses we read today and the notion of taking heed if we think we stand lest we fall? So what Paul does is he shows how in the biblical narrative, even though the Jews are the chosen people of God, they fall short. 
He mentions how they fall into idolatry, for example. And this is an important issue for Paul to address with the Corinthians because we see throughout his epistle that Paul confronts these Corinthian Christians for their pride. He challenges them because they realize that they're part of the community of God, but because of that they become haughty. They think that they have made it because they're part of God's community. And so Paul reminds them of the biblical story, again, what we call the Old Testament, which serves as a warning to these Corinthian Christians. It serves as a warning because although they were the people of God or are the people of God, when they did not behave as God commanded, they're going to be severely punished. So that's why Paul reminds them here in chapter 10 that just because they've become the people of God, they should not get too comfortable. They need to realize that God still expects them to behave and to live as the people of God, and that turning away from that way of living, turning back to any form of idolatry, which is essentially following, following anything or any teaching besides that of the biblical God, will lead to their ultimate punishment. So with these things in mind, it, it seems to make sense that Paul <clears throat> says in verse 12, quote, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Uh, based on the context, Paul seems to be warning them of exactly what you just said, that they may think they stand as the people of God, but they have to be careful to finish the course, to stay the course of actually living by God's will. Because if they deviate from that, like the biblical Israel of God, then they'll be punished. Yeah, exactly. And, and I want to point out another interesting aspect to verse 12 and the language that Paul uses. What is translated here in verse 12 as stand is the Greek word stasis. And this is an important word because it relates to the word used for Christ's resurrection, which is anastasis. So it's the same root word, you just add the ana before the stasis. And I'll get back to that in, in just a minute. But I want to point out that this word stasis, or stand, is the word used also to speak of Barabbas in the Gospels. And as you may recall, Barabbas is the one the Jews asked to be released instead of Jesus right before the crucifixion. And it said of Barabbas that he had made a stand, a stasis, which means he had been the leader of a rebellious group who was trying to gain political freedom for the Jews by overthrowing the Roman occupation of Jerusalem and Judea. And of course, we know the end of all of those stands, all those rebellions made by various Jewish leaders around the time of Christ, they all failed, except for the peaceful movement of Jesus, which instead of trying to overthrow the Roman soldiers by violence, instead converts them by doing what Paul was doing here with the Corinthians, by bringing them to the same table of fellowship, by inviting them into the scriptural story to be seated under the one God and Father of all. And now to my final point on this issue, this word stasis. It's an important point. In the case of the Corinthians, as with Barabbas, the word used again is stasis, and this means simply to stand. Whereas with Jesus, as I mentioned in speaking of his resurrection, the Bible uses the word anastasis, which means he was made to stand. And you see that subtle yet extremely important difference. In the case of the Corinthians and Barabbas, they're taking their own stand, in the case of Jesus, he's being made to stand, and specifically he's being made to stand by God. So the moral of the story is that if we take our own stand, then we're going to fall. But if we submit to the way of Jesus, this way of faithful obedience to God, even 
to the point of public humiliation and death, then God will ultimately make us to stand firm and forever. And if God makes us to stand, no one can bring us back down. Thanks for highlighting that subtle difference, which, as you noted, uh, really comes with great meaning. And those are the things that we just can't see in English translations. And yet being aware of those subtleties provides so much more meaning to the Bible. So, again, thank you for pointing that out, Father. And my final question for today relates to the remaining verses from today's reading, which address uh, temptation and the faithfulness of God and not allowing us to be tempted beyond what we can withstand. <clears throat> Would you give us some practical guidance uh, on the topic of temptation and, and how we can better resist it? Yeah, I'm glad you brought this reading out today for our podcast because this is probably my least favorite Bible verse. And I say that not because of the verse itself, but because of how people often use it or what I would say misuse it. So I'm glad we can provide some clarity. Uh, so the way that people often uh, use it is, I'm, I'm sure with good intent, meant to comfort people who are struggling. But using it in that way, while perhaps helpful to some people, can also come across as patronizing. In other words, it's it's very easy for me to say to someone struggling through a tremendous tragedy, not to worry because God will not give you more than you can handle, but it's another thing to actually be the one in those sh- shoes. So furthermore, I, you know, I want to note how I paraphrased that verse in what I just said, which is what I often hear people doing. They're not saying that God will not tempt you, or as it's uh, sometimes translated, that God will not test you beyond what you can handle. They're changing it slightly, which can give different meaning. They're also uh, taking it out of context by saying that God will not give us more than we can handle. So what is the proper context then? Well, the proper context, as we noted earlier, is is the fact that Paul is bringing the Gentile Corinthians into the biblical story and narrative, making it their own. It's no longer a story of the Jews only, but also their story. In any case, as I referenced earlier, Paul is showing the Corinthians that the entire history of humanity from the perspective of the Bible is one in which we humans have fallen short and betrayed God, where we have failed to live up to our end of the bargain, where we failed to live perfectly according to God's law. But of course, as part of that, as Paul is preaching to them, Jesus Christ is the understanding that through Christ's ultimate sacrifice, we're freed from having to fulfill every last letter of that law. In its place, we're given the law of Christ, which is the law of mercy and forgiveness. In sum, that God will be merciful to us so long as we extend that same mercy to others. So here, Paul is comforting the Corinthians who we have heard through the first nine chapters of the epistle, have fallen short of God's commandments, have sinned against God, even though they're now part of his chosen people. And Paul is reminding them that they have simply followed the way of all humanity from the beginning of time, and so will invite them to sit at the table of forgiveness, the table of mercy, and the table of reconciliation. Paul is comforting them by reminding them that they're not alone. But the way out of this test the way out of this temptation that God has provided to them is through Jesus Christ and his teaching. It is, again, the way of extending the same mercy that God gave us to our neighbors and ultimately also to our enemies. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, Father Aaron began by explaining Paul's references to the biblical patriarchs and Jewish leaders and their connection to the Corinthian Gentiles. Paul was stressing that the Old Testament is not just for the Jews, but for all humanity and for all time. 
Paul then goes on to show how the chosen people of God fell short, and he confronts the Corinthian Christians for their pride. They would become arrogant, and Paul reminds them that God severely punished the Jews for disobeying his commands. This was a reminder to the Corinthians that God still expected them to live accordingly as the people of God, carefully finishing the course and living by God's will. Father also discussed the use of the word stasis in the opening verse from today's reading, which means to stand. He then compared this to the use of anastasis, which when Jesus speaks of his resurrection, which means made to stand. And the important difference here is that the Corinthians are taking their own stand, but in the case of Jesus, he is being made to stand by God. And so in taking our own stand, we ultimately will fall. But in our submission to God's will and his teaching, God will make us to stand. And if God makes us to stand, no one can cause us to fall. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God. O our God.